Today's podcast is part two of two in our discussion on dystopias. Uh, if you missed last week's episode, we think this one will still stand on its own. And as always, thanks very much for listening. Okay. All right. Let, let, let's get back to one more um, problem. With well, the, hey, what, we, can, can we let Stephen say something? I thought Stephen yes, was about to say something. Yes, really. right. Oh, sorry, sorry, let's Stephen. Let, let Stephen talk. Stephen's got something to say. <laughs> Stephen, come here, come here. I know you're a pending cat right now. Come here, come here. Sit down. I want to talk to you now. Now, just thinking about what you said about nuance and the sensitivity in which mm. I don't read in a lot of articles unless I'm doing the New Yorker or maybe something that's a little more of a long form. Mm. But the shorter pieces are mm. the who, what, where, when, and why. But they're off, obviously skewed at times. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. been um, like everybody else who is listening. I recommend everybody read this article because I would, l- I just would love to hear what people have to say about it. That nuance is the enemy of the press. It really is. It doesn't allow mm. because they're quick stories. They, we've all been clickbaited. We're like, oh my God, is this, oh, this isn't happening. Oh, this mm-hmm. isn't right. You know, we, mm-hmm. that, but that went on, like I said, before 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was always going to be that case because it's never that the internet is evil. It's how we use things, right? It's always how we use things. Mm-hmm. And so the right. only thing I wanted to bring up about the article very briefly is that I appreciated it to sort of foreground the press's responsibility. And but I don't know if his characterization of the right is as accurate. <laughs> or, or I don't think mm. it's as accurate as he portrays it in terms of. I think there was one line where he says, "If if if any um, charges had been brought up against Trump that were true, then you know Trump supporters, some of Trump's supporters would have wanted him to leave office." Yes, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe. maybe. No, maybe, maybe some. Some. I mean, right. Right. but also that yeah. needs nuance too. Because I'm thinking, mm-hmm. just because your guy is guilty doesn't mean that you might want to leave office. Because maybe your political sensibilities yeah. and your affiliations are like, so what? Because we've seen that with the Republicans, they don't care. And I'm not going to say the Democrats are any better in some regard, but I will say this: at least the Democrats have the gloss <laughs> of looking like they are working for the people, as opposed to the Republicans, who are been who've been yeah. for the most part slamming down everything that seems to be even in their own constituents' um, favor. So there are times when he, he mentions, like, you know, what was the last line? These people are not demons, and they're ready to listen in a way they haven't in a long, long time. And I wrote, maybe I don't know if that's true. I think that's a bit much. Honestly, I, 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 I want to give that nuance to people who are listening, but I'm like, are you listening because you're white? Because you feel like you're being disenfranchised? Are you listening because you're a human and you realize that yeah. some things are wrong? I think those are two very different things. Mm. Were you listening during I, Obama? Were you listening? Mm. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, thinking, I'm not sure I, I'm, what listening you're doing. Mm. So I think that's Preach. fair. Um, I think some of them were listening during Obama. There were a lot of voters that went from Obama to Trump. I mean, we know that in 2016. So yeah. I, I think, I, I think, but I do think your your observation and and the implication of what you're saying is absolutely right from my point of view. What the only thing I would add to before Seth brings up what he was going to say is is it, we're it's a game of inches. So of course mm, you're right okay. that this is the most generous read of the Trump mm-hmm. electorate, right? But and and of course it's not going to be accurate, and of course there are going to be people that you know who of he course. like Trump said I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and wouldn't lose absolutely any people like a, a gas and going that's terrible, right? Absolutely, yeah. but 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 all of I this. If we have any Trump listeners? Do we have any Trump supporters? <laughs> listeners? If we do, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hello. Uh, 
maybe we might actually uh, this uh, uh, the you know but it's a game of inches like you're talking mm. to you know it was 12 apostles that got the whole ball rolling with you know the history <laughs> of christianity it is always it is it's the small vocal committed you know believers that move things and so no mm. i don't think you're talking to you know the worst stereotyped version of a Trump supporter. But I do think you're talking to people like him. And I do think you're talking to a handful of other people who have conversations with those people that lower the temperature in the room. And, uh, mm. and, and we've got to find a way I would, we've got to find a way to create some space for that. Like we've mm-hmm. got, like mm-hmm. we've got to open up some space for it. Like it's just not there. I, I mean, the, I'm sorry, Seth. Please, no, no, go, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I interrupted you. No, not at all. Please. No, not really. I was just going to go off. It doesn't matter. So you were you were talking earlier. You were about to. You were going to ask something. Well, we 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 pointed out some of the flaws with this article already. We've said, like you said, Travis, that um, Cooper doesn't deal with the fact that. When Trump came down the escalator, anti-immigrant, xenophobic rhetoric, um, he already had a a a, a heavy grasp on the electorate that would stay with him absolutely and, and has and yeah, has absolutely. actually sta- and has actually stayed with him and Stephen, you pointed out that um um this notion of people listening and nuance and and and, and mm-hmm. deeply questioning whether that's actually happening um and 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 you also pointed out that um what cooper paints as just happening in the last like decade or two is something that had been happening your whole lifetime in terms of media mm-hmm. bias. Here's another, right. here's another flaw with the, the piece. When it talks about, and I, and I wrote down some, some, uh, I copied over, I should say, uh, some, uh, particular sections. He said, um, Oh yes, media and big, and big tech did all they could to make things worse. Everything about the election was strange, confusing, and unprecedented. Um, throughout the summer, th- this is a different part of it. I don't want to make it sound like these are connected. Um, mm-hmm. I just uh, found this somewhere else. Throughout the summer, establishment governors took advantage of COVID to change voting procedures often over the protests of, sta- of the state legislators. It wasn't only the mass mailing of live ballots. They also lowered signature matching standards, axed existing voter ID and notarization requirements and more. One, I'd have to fact check all of that. I, I'm not sure that those that the way he's painting that is true. Two, he completely glosses over the fact that we had a worldwide pandemic, that it was good, that it just... Mail, how do you, how do you not talk about that with regard to mail and balance and and necessary, what I would assume to be necessary changes in the ways that we vote Mm. in order that people could vote safely? But, but Seth, they do not, um, and I probably am much closer to their side of this than, than you both are. They do not believe that COVID was the, my hair is on fire emergency True. that it was made out to be. Yeah. They do not believe that. How many people died? And, uh, okay. So I understand <laughs> that when you say that, no, no, I understand that when you say that, I, I'm going to slow you down. Cause I understand when you say that, that that is a glib way to shut down an alternative argument. But the problem is that it's actually not that easy to tell you how many people died. Mm-hmm. There are actual sophisticated scholars 
that try to assess excess death. And there's actual disagreement amongst those scholars about how to go about doing that. And in fact, there is live disagreement on how to do that. And there are scholars that do not get talked about in the media that believe, in fact, excess mortality in 2020 was not what it is commonly being reported as in the media. There is also the problem of PCR testing. There are literally verified thousands of reports of people who died with and not of COVID, and that was used as a way to justify a kind of media narrative around it. So I'm not saying there's not an argument to be had, but there is absolutely not. And this is, this is the Bourdieu stuff. Like this is like we reach for these ready at hand bludgeons to shut down alternative explanations. But I am telling you, you don't have to believe me. You can go, if you have time, you can go look. The idea that just there's a number of the people that died and everyone's denying that fact is just, it's straight up bullshit. No, okay, okay, fair enough. There, so let's say there's not a number, right? And, and I'm not saying that it's, it has to be 600,000. Let, let's not say that, but let's just say that there is verifiable evidence that there was a, that there is a global pandemic and that people, For sure, and that people have mm-hmm. died from that, from a, mm-hmm. from a disease absolutely. that is communicable. Right. Absolutely. So, and, and you're not taking that on board at all. Like, okay. So, so it, it's not 600,000. It's not 300, whatever. But you're not taking that, those basic facts on board in making this argument that the, um, that this election was unprecedented and strange and confusing. Like, that's not proper. That's not proper ratiocination at all. I mean, that's not even, that's mm. not even, that's not even rational. Come on. Okay. So I don't, so again, do you on, let me ask you, let me ask you the question a different way. Oh, okay. Stephen, you're about to say something. No, just thinking about from the point of view of the, of quote unquote, the right, it wasn't a big deal. And they yeah, said that from I mean, the so, very uh, beginning. So uh, ask yourself <laughs> a different question. Do, do you believe that, that democratic legislatures and democratic governors did not see a political opportunity in restructuring voting in 2020. Do you believe that for, that their decision making was apolitical? Okay, but here's the thing, and I'm not trying to trap you. I'm, no, I'm, try, I know, I'm know. trying to say, like, do you do you believe that there was apolitical? Maybe you do. Maybe like, I, I doubt it. But 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 my point is this, Travis. Regardless of that, of whether I do or not, that mm-hmm. doesn't have any material impact on the on the election because the state legislatures were oh, actually the election Republican. was legitimate right yeah. but they were but they were led by Republicans Arizona Georgia what were the other ones uh, like what are they talking let about me, let me uh, let me for a second let me I want to make sure that we're not in mm-hmm. no way, shape, or form do I take an argument seriously that the election was not legitimate. I, I don't – that is not – I don't buy that argument at all. There's nothing there. that Biden won, Trump lost, end of story. What I'm, what I'm trying to give some room for mm-hmm. is, that, is that those on the right would feel that it wasn't a fair election. Not that he didn't win, but that the rule, like, you know, like the ref was kind of in the bag for, you know, you like, you know how the Lakers used to like underinflate the ball or they would overinflate the balls. I always forget it. One of they, during ma- the, ma- the Magic Johnson years, they would, mm-hmm. I think they would overinflate the balls to speed up their fast break. What? And 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that you know, and, you know, it is what it is. Like, those kind of, like, little things that people do. I mean, that's just politics, though. Like, that is, that's the same. And, and I would want to offer, I would want to offer, and again, trying to create a space for that and just sort of looking at kind of basic human greed and self-interest as an explanation as opposed to kind of structural mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm, right. is that just like the Democrats played to the advantages that they were given mm-hmm. as any political party would do mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is the same it's the same thing that republicans do by trying to reduce the number of polling stations in in right. cities with with uh, large scales democratic constituencies they don't want Democrats to vote. It's not about black voters or brown voters. It's about Democratic voters. If right. the black voters were voting, voting for Republicans, they'd be happy to put a ballot box in every right apartment door. and home. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Every mm-hmm. single time. So I, I, I don't, I don't buy the, you know, the election was stolen thing. Of course, that's not that. I mean, I don't want to say it's nonsense because I'm trying not to do that, but I do mm. not believe that. I don't, I'm not convinced by that argument. I don't think there's an argument there to be made. Right. But, but, but my only point, Travis, is that in making, in Cooper making the argument that he's made, right? And, and we are, we are taking it seriously. We are, we are, mm-hmm. we are, for sure. We're not, we're yeah. not dismissing it out of hand. What I'm saying is part of what makes it wobbly is that he didn't take seriously that there was like he, you have to you have to take account of that. That's all. Like yeah. to make this yeah, argument, you have to take account of that, and he didn't. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's, I mean, even in the in my at least in my very best version, most generous version of it, even if you want to say that like COVID wasn't uh, it, as as severe a, a crisis as the media portrayed it to be, let's say that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, there are still going to need to be some provisions made in high infection areas, like no matter what, there are going to have to be some, and some of these election changes were put in place before we knew that, you know, Right. Much about the disease to begin with, you know. For all we knew, the the case fatality rate was going to be two percent or something like that. So I do, I I totally agree with you. Same page. I mean, obviously, it, to to gloss it is uh, is a mistake in his argument. Is definitely mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Uh, a good faith effort on his part. And I want to say, when I say something like "how many people died." I am being only a little bit glib because I, because, because, <laughs> <You are. laughs> because, because here's the thing. Because here's, I don't, I don't know that people know what actually happens to people who get the disease, um, um, mm-hmm. and are hospitalized. Like to be intubated is not, yeah, it's rough. yeah, it's yeah. not like you never, you don't want that happening to you ever. Ooh, they yeah. shove yeah, a sure. metal tube down your windpipe. Like most stu- most pe- most people, they actually have to hold down or or uh, sedate se- severe because that doesn't belong in oh, your body, yeah. and you and you want everything you know, with all your being to get that out of you. Like it is not yeah. cute. Right. Like none yeah. of n- none of that, no part of that treatment is cute. So if you are hospitalized in COVID and you have to be intubated and you have to be given, uh, I, I don't even know what the rest of the treatment is. I, I I'd just be bullshitting from here on. But it's but like that's it's yeah. severe. Right, it's not. It's, it's not like the flu. So people right. need to stop saying that. Well, too. people. Well, okay. So uh, okay. So it's not the. I mean, okay. So the, the flu thing. It's not the flu is very dangerous for certain people. The yeah, flu yeah. is for, for for example. Yeah. Here's just a time. The flu is far more dangerous for children than COVID is. Yes. 
COVID kills like 0% of kids. It's right. not zero, but it's like, it's so vanishingly small. You'd need an electron microscope to locate the case, the number of times that it happens. Yeah, yeah. The flu, the flu, however, can be quite dangerous for kids. Mm-hmm. Now, on a population level, no, COVID's definitely worse than the flu. COVID kills more people than the flu and probably is going to continue to do that for a while. Right. So, no, it's it, in that way the analogy falls down. Right. But the flu isn't cute either. The the flu is awful for some people. It mm-hmm. kills people every year all the time. Yeah, but, um, and what I, my only point is that to make the analogy is is actually to make some to make I understand to make to a finish glib, I, yeah. You're gro- right. grossly inaccurate point. You're right. You're you're mm. right. Absolutely. Point 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 taken. That's absolutely true. And we're also talking about the agents too. It comes out of mouths with, like mm. you said, with a particular bent. Mm. Can you imagine either CNN or Fox taking a nuanced look at something? It probably would just make people like shock you. They're like, <laughs> "What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what happened?" Because they were like, "Well, you know," and that just not other sideism, none of that. Just like. This is what we understand it to be, but mm-hmm. we're going that that that, you know. Mm-hmm. Not, and I think you get that from Chris. Chris, what's his name? Chris on Fox. He's the son of a journalist. Oh, Chris Wallace. Yeah, I mean, so I feel like he brings up different things when he's talking. Yeah, he's, with a, people. he's a legit journal for sure. That guy's legit. So, which 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 guy? Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace. Oh yes, 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 yes. Actually, he is, and so is the guy who left. Like two years ago, what was his name? Shepard Smith. Shepard Smith. Shepard Smith Mm, Smith is actually starting to take his colleagues to the woodshed a little bit, and Mm, yeah, that's why he left. That's why he left. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. Yeah. because he was saying he. he, I remember Shepard Smith would come out and say, "Well, you know, my colleagues are saying that this happened and this happened, and it didn't. Like it it just didn't." So, so Stephen, to your point, yeah, I think, I think that go on, go on. I I don't want to. Oh no, that was the point that Mm. just kind of. Looking for, I feel like the what would what's incumbent upon the people who want to know something is they have to do the research. Mm. And mm. right now, I think it's interesting because there's another element that we haven't really talked about when it comes to belief or just like mm-hmm. it's just that it's just so much easier <laughs> to yeah. have someone mm. tell you something. It's just so mm. much easier. Mm. It's so much easier to have your confirmation bias confirmed <laughs> it's mm. like you said earlier stuff which i thought was a great thing i wrote it down around this conversation with friends <laughs> that's not research mm. that's just yeah. conversation with friends <laughs> people yeah. who believe what you believe mm-hmm. and you know you're upset and you know i'm a oh my god this is the worst thing ever and you deserve better information mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. can and that's why i think empathy and um is something that a lot of people lack. Like I think when Simone Biles left, like on oh, my mm. my feed is going to give me all the stuff that says she has a right to her health. Black women need to take care of themselves. Mm. Da da da. And then I was like, mm. well, let me do a little of the digging over here. And the other digging was loser. I'm, I'm sure she's a champion, but she she lost. She just left. You know. And I'm thinking, I don't understand. Like for me, it's a go to that person. She chose her mental health and a physical ailment over performing. You don't. She doesn't owe you shit. Mm-hmm. She doesn't owe you yeah, there shit. Was a, there was a there was a great article in um, 
I have to say, when I saw the headline, I had a reflexive curmudgeonly, like, what? She dropped out? And it's like, but wait. And mm-hmm. so I checked myself, and I was like, I'm going li- to do a little bit of reading. <laughs> I read a great article. I had read a great article in The Telegraph. So she, she has been saying vocally for, like, the last year to a year and a half that she is, like, burned out on competition. And she, she did not – like, mm. she was really – bothered by 2020 that you know not not bothered because of covid but bothered that she couldn't compete in 2020 and like was talking about what a long slog to get to 2021 so here's someone who like was probably done a year and a half ago and she kept going yeah like Mm -hmm. and kept going and showed up at the olympic like i mean there's no i mean if you if you spend half if you don't just jump on the headline or just like if you spend half a second there's there's no part of this woman that is not admirable i mean it's just just you know yeah i mean she's just uh she's an exemplary human so and and and, mm -hmm. go ahead steven i'm sorry I was just thinking about Naomi Osaka, I think is her name, mm-hmm, and the way mm-hmm. that these public demonstrations of I'm going to take a moment mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. have really rattled a lot of folks, which I like, mm-hmm. actually, because mm-hmm. they have to they inspire these conversations about um, grind culture and, you know, the Olympics being mm-hmm. a big mm-hmm. like, you know, big grift in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was looking I posted on Facebook all these different Olympic stadiums and things over all over the oh, world like, that haven't been they're like empty. Yeah, right, right, right. They right, are yeah. really it's dystopian. It is the yeah. no one thought about what they could use them for afterward. Someone from Atlanta had told right. me it's like they could be used for folks who are homeless or home insecure. There could be a number of things that could happen here, but they go there. And I remember when I was living in Atlanta in 1996, I wanted to get out of the city, so I found a. Um, mm. A fellowship at the Library of Congress, and I applied ruthlessly for it, and I got it because traffic was terrible. They were doing what a lot of places do, where they all the homeless people they were trying to push them somewhere so that when folks mm-hmm. came into the city, they'd feel safe. They look at Atlanta cute. Mm-hmm. It was just a whole horrible set of things that make big spectacles like that just spectacles, like that they they're devoid of any humanity, but they're put on like yeah. they're the most amazing things on earth. And I'm like. Yeah. Fucking walk away, Simone, or anybody else who who feels like it. Do what you want. You know. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. Have, yeah. I you will never make to- as much money as the people who are making off these Olympics. Never. Right. So. So I happened to listen to a podcast uh, just. Um, I think it was yesterday. I think it was mm-hmm. either the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post podcast. And apparently, more than the fatigue and the um, long slog from two twenty twenty to two twenty one. Simone Biles has has actually been long has a long standing um on a um um what's the word I'm looking for argument contention beef <laughs> with beef is is perfect actually with um with US uh, what is the name yeah US um, gymnastics yeah the, yeah, the, the gymnastics yeah 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 I yeah because of the Larry Nasser thing actually she's uh, the yeah. only one who is still performing. Who was mm-hmm. actually abused by Larry Nassar, yes. mm-hmm. and right. she actually sued U.S. Athletics and I think the parent corporation. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, she sued them, mm-hmm. and they U.S. IOOC or something, whatever. They declared bankruptcy a couple of years <laughs> back and had to restructure their debts because they, because of the whole Larry Nassar thing. And anyway, she had this ongoing, and then U.S. Um, US Gymnastics, um, I forget the name, of, the proper name of the organization, but the organization that runs U.S. Gymnastics essentially 
um, had this ongoing beef with her and they were back and forth and then they changed personnel and mm. Simone Biles kept tweeting out and, and saying publicly, this is what they should have done. They didn't even speak to me about what had happened and didn't even seek my um, input on how to deal mm-hmm. with this going forward. So she, not, it wasn't just, it wasn't just this sort of physical yeah. fatigue. It was, it was all that happening in the background too, which people. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, thank mm. you for saying it. It's absolutely true. I mean, these girls were, I mean, they were just receptacles to be used up yes. by, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the U S gymnastics association for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do, you see me, you said something that I, um, I actually thought was is a really beautiful idea. Um, so I I would probably argue pretty strongly for things like an Olympics because I think you know we've talked about mm-hmm. this a lot on the podcast. I think symbols matter, mm-hmm. but yes. I do think I do think that your example of these kind of abandoned mega structures is mm-hmm. a pretty damning example of kind of the spiritual rot at the center of many of our societies, which is that. You know, imagine some, I mean, and it doesn't take, I mean, you just casually dropped it in the conversation, but imagine, and and I'm sure you've had conversations around this, but imagine it doesn't take, it's just a little baby step from organizing your society to host an Olympics to then converting that that mm-hmm. structure Absolutely. to a public good. Absolutely. Like, that's not a very long walk. That's like, that's so really like, yeah. like, and what a wonderful idea to, to, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just not even on the radar of, of these municipalities or these countries or anything like that. So, um, yeah, anyway, I mean, it really is a, a sad indictment of, of the kind of uh, dystopic mm-hmm. world that we're creating for ourselves. Ooh, that we are creating for ourselves. And, and, and maybe just um, is, is going to be a little bit mangled, but I, I'm coming off watching what I spent the last five or six days watching the entire Hunger Games series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, oh, the okay. How was it? Well, the first one, as, as some people pointed out, is very, very good. And it kind of slowly slides downhill after that. Um, mm-hmm. but, okay. the, but, but what you have essentially is a kind of dystopia where the capital Right, uh, uh, siphons off all the, the energy and the resources of the out, out, outlying districts. And mm-hmm. when the districts, uh, 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 fight, try to fight back, they wipe them out. They just, they, they okay. completely obliterate them. And, and what you have is essentially a heavily surveilled, uh, society with these enforcers or peacekeepers who are masked. Um, they have helmets and, uh, that, that render their faces, uh, invisible. Mm-hmm. And they have, um, uniforms. So they're sort of indistinguishable from each other, like genderless, um, uh, right. uniforms. And, um, and they have this spectacle, which is the yes. Hunger Games mm-hmm. where, you know, the reaping and then they, they, they select one or two from each district and they go fight it out. And there's a way in which, uh, and this is, again, it's, it's a rough analogy. And I'm only kind of sort of making sense of it as I speak. But mm-hmm. there's a way in which the, that kind of group spectacle is our media. Like the, gr- <laughs> the group Hunger uh-huh. Games is mm-hmm. the sort of uh-huh. slugfest, right? You want to see mm-hmm. the right and left. I mean, this is with CNN. Um, there's the model of CNN's, uh, 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 conversations is they put on a couple of people from the right, a couple of people from yeah. the left, and the, you know the Van Jones of this world versus the who is the racist that they that they, or the Megan Kellys, you know Santa Claus is white. Um, um, <laughs> uh, you, you just slug it out, and symbols and, matter, right, right, and it's it's 
it it is it is that's impoverishing us for sure. I mean, oh, I, I'm I'm on board. I, I, I'm on board to the extent that Cooper is, uh, or yeah, that Cooper is with that idea that um, there is a kind of. But I don't, I don't I don't draw I don't I don't think that the media is in the pocket of the left at all. I think that what they're in, what they are is they they are in the pocket of entertaining us as opposed to informing us. Uh, yeah, that seems uh, right. I, uh, the mm-hmm. correction that that Stephen offered earlier and that you just reinforced that the media is not the left. Of course, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I I think that clarification is warranted, and it is a simplification that Cooper engages in uh, and is often engaged in by people in political discourse. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would you know I would want to toss out is that. You know, I don't think we should casually use the word racist. Uh, you know, you describe Megan mm-hmm. Kay- Kelly as racist, and yeah, I mean the Santa Claus thing was a really no, fucking stupid d- thing to say. No, 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 no. Did I say racist? I meant white to say white supremacist. I'm sorry. Like, I think uh, she's a white oh, supremacist. <laughs> 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 Even better. Is, the, fact yeah. that you, the fact that you think that that's a recalibration is hilarious. I think it's pretty clear she is. No, I mean, she was a manslaughterer, not a, not a killer, a manslaughterer. No. So, like, no, I mean, I, I, so I, I mean, it's fine that that's uh, clearly that's what you think. So I, I, I would in my own language and not simply because I would be identified by others as white, not simply because of that. I mm-hmm. I just think we shouldn't casually use terms like that because oftentimes what is shaping and feeding that description mm-hmm. are one-off moments that have been amplified as like a scarlet letter. She said so that, that she didn't know that blackface was bad. Okay, but – okay, wait, wait. There are no few one in 1995 people didn't know blackface was bad. It was a it was SNL skits. Like first so of all, people just knew because, it was bad. It was just accepted. No, it, oh no, it was funny. It was fun. No, 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 Stephen, was, come on. It was it was there it was, was never definitely, funny. When I think about Soul Man, I, I was like, what is this guy doing? And then as you become a little more aware of the history, you do go, this is wrong. But you're right in the sense that it was to me, it was just accepted. It was only very yeah. recently that people verily came I, I, out and said, "Stop doing this shit." What are you doing? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take a position that I actually don't agree with. I mm-hmm. also never really understood the blackface thing, other than as a like an awful pantomime of racism. So, but but clearly, lots of people didn't see it that way. I mean, it was an accept- it was kind of in the Overton window of acceptable things to be doing in society. Mm-hmm. Though I agree that it is a long overdue correction to 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 remove that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm with you on that, but what I'm saying is that like Megan Kelly, like that example, and I don't know Megan Kelly. I don't feel I don't feel a need to defend. I just I really would like if we were not taking out our heaviest arms and weapons against our critics all the time. Like to call someone a white supremacist in 2021 is like calling someone an anti-Semite in 1950s America. Like it's, it is a really Mm. freighted, heavy, awful accusation to level against someone. Mm. And so, so clearly you do believe some people have earned this 
distinction. <laughs> yes, definitely. And because there you don't are. know Mel and Ke- Megan Kelly, like a little bit of what I do. Yes. And she she operates out of a white supremacist sensibility. She operates yeah. out of a racist so, sensibility. Okay. I would I would I would say that. So you would say So does that make it is that softer? She operates out of a particular because calling someone a racist it is freighted with a lot of things. Calling someone a faggot or, you know, just across the board. Absolutely. But it, I, I agree with you. It can't, shouldn't be as easy, or easy reach for, right? It should be much more mm. nuanced. It's, I just, yeah. I just think in this example, she's a racist and she's a white supremacist. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, you might be right. Honestly, so, with you, I don't. I don't yeah. <laughs> so I don't really know. Honestly, I don't really know much about. I mean, I obviously, know who Megan Kelly is and all this kind of stuff. But I don't. I know mm-hmm. the Santa Claus comment. Like, I know all the hot takes. I know all the things that I'm not yeah. supposed to like about Me- Megan Kelly. I get all uh, that. Uh, but but I don't really know anything about her like mm-hmm. I, you know so anyway that's just my and whatever i mean you guys probably know more about her than i do so you know fine i would certainly t- trust your word on things like that so um but your point i, I, I think I, is really important about the the artillery you know i do yes. agree with that part i, I think I do that, too. that that's useful because yes. i think that i mean it's a, it's really an education thing for me <laughs> if you if if those are the words, I remember thinking at one point, I was listening to some music, and it was just a lot of cussing. And I was like, you're supposed mm. to use cussing to kind of bring home a point. <laughs> right. It's just not your regular, <laughs> right. you know, it's not right. the meal. It's like a little bit of spice to go, that right. motherfucker, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Right. So right. my frustration with it was like, I don't even know what you're saying, because it's right. all cussing. It's all yelling. It's all this. Right. And that's why I think right now, the din I still I don't even know if racist or white supremacists have the same I don't know. I don't know if it has the same shock value. Mm. I don't. I think because it's used a lot, it's mm. used in ways that I disagree with. Mm. Um mm. but I'm <laughs> I, I want people to be held accountable for what they do what they advocate mm-hmm. for, what they don't advocate yeah. for. Mm-hmm. I, and I want to use words in a, with more fidelity and much more um, clarity, you know, for me personally. Mm-hmm. So I like it that mm-hmm. you, fr- both of you frame it really well. Frame your, for me, this is what I think. This is what I do. I'm trying not to say, those mm-hmm. idiots. I'm saying they have a different point of view. <laughs> mm-hmm. I may not let them in the house. But I can see where they're coming from. They want to eat and they want to have a house too. Got it. <laughs> so, so I just I, w- I want to say this because we're up on time, and I know that Stephen has to go. Um, mm-hmm. Let's. I, I think we ought to keep talking about this piece. I think that there's more here to dig into. I think that um, that I think one of the things that we didn't get to is to talk about, um, and maybe we should is. So, what do we do if we take his argument seriously? Like how, what, okay. what, what kind of politics do we develop? What, how does that, mm. if it does, if, how does that change our worldview? Like each of us, like how does it, mm-hmm. how does, how, how or, or does it nuance um, the way that we look at the Trump electorate? Uh, and maybe you should like just that. talk about that. I like that. Yeah. Me, yeah. It's a great idea. Maybe I can send around, I know we're, we're still recording, but uh, maybe I can send around, there was a little video take that uh, Matt Taibbi put out, um, you know, the Boogala Boys, which got written up in the New York, uh, the New Yorker about, you know, kind of these white supremacist armed groups. Um, 
And in particular, this one rally was reported on as being a white supremacist rally. But in fact, what it was was where this particular chapter of Boogaloo Boys was marching with an uh, with a militant Black Lives Matter group mm. against police against police brutality. And mm. the leader of the group was like, he's like, yeah, I he's like, I absolutely believe. He's like, I hate cops, and the cops, I know cops harass uh, black folks more than they harass white folks. So I'm against that too. Like, Mm -hmm. and this was, you know, this was, you know, in, in, in normal mainstream reporting, this would have been report, you know, they were this white supremacist group, but in fact, they were not, Mm -hmm. they were against Mm -hmm. these kind of entrenched power structures that Steven is pretty good about reminding us of. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, so Steven, you have anything you want to, you want to close this out or anything? Last thing I want to say, which I think is really useful, what you said. I know what I'm supposed to hate. I know what I'm, what I'm supposed to hate. Yeah. I want to take that up, not in the next podcast, but maybe another podcast about um, our sensibilities around the media. If you're not a deep media reader, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you know, can we identify some of the things that the habits, the habits that we have when we just assume that something's real because it's it, because it's in the ether or it's been reported on Facebook a bunch of times or through social right. media. How yeah. do we? Um, I'm still thinking this through, but it was like I know what I'm supposed to hate, and that mm. I just love that line. Mm, I think yeah. that's so necessary for us to kind of break. It can break. We can break it up and play with it. You know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That sounds great. Mm. Okay, All right, my friends. Great All conversation right. awesome. as always. Talk to you guys soon. Take care.